This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good morning and thank you for joining us for the program. My name is Mike Flick. I'm the pastor of Bible Baptist Church in Potchefstroom. And I'd like to speak to you today on the topic of how to win a soul to Christ. Uh, This is actually going to be the first of of a series of lessons probably throughout this month. Uh, By the grace of God, I'd like to give you some, some advice, some tips, if you will, on how to properly explain the gospel to the people around you. And not just the explanation of the gospel. We're going to broaden our scope a little bit. And we're going to talk, there's different terms people use, but we're going to talk about how to be a soul winner, how to witness to people, how to testify, how to preach the gospel. Uh, There are, how to evangelize the lost. There are many different terms you could use. But I'm choosing this term of being a soul winner. I'll probably use that more than other terms because in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 30 the Bible says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise one of the smartest things you'll ever do is win a soul for the Lord Jesus Christ that is the greatest thing you can do in the life of another person is introduce them uh, to Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior Uh, Friend, do you know how to do that? Do you know what it means to to win a soul? The the word win means to persuade or to convince somebody. So what you do when you win a soul is you persuade or convince that person to convert. Uh, Paul put it like this in Acts chapter 20, that he preached to the Jews and to the Gentiles alike repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you win a soul, you're trying to persuade or convince them to do that. So let me get right into some of the various things I think that'll help you as a soul winner. Uh, first of all, I want to say this, and this, this has to be first on the list. You need to be saved, and you need to know that you're saved. There are a number of people that would like to help those around them, but they themselves are not sure that they're on their way to heaven. Now, friend, if you don't know where you're going when you die, you really don't have any business telling somebody else how they might get to heaven when they die. It's hard to be convincing when you say, I I think I'm going to arrive there. I'm not sure, but follow me anyway. This almost sounds like uh, something we read in the book of Matthew where Jesus said they be blind leaders of the blind. If, If you are blinded to your eternal future, if you don't see the way forward clearly, then you really shouldn't be leading other people forward towards their eternity. So you need to be saved and you need to know it. In 1 John chapter 5, verse number 13, the Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So the epistle of 1 John was written for a few reasons, but amongst those reasons, one of them was to give a believer assurance that he is saved so that he may know that he has eternal life. You know, there are a lot of people going about in life that have at some point or another heard the gospel, responded to it, and they accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, 
but they never got grounded. They never got discipled. They never grew in their knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, even though their sins were washed away, purged by the blood of Jesus Christ, it is possible that they uh, have forgotten about that. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 9, But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That happens because he didn't grow. There are people out there that have been saved, and don't know for sure that they're saved. That's what 1 John is meant to help with, is to give that believer assurance. Now, one of the reasons you need assurance, yes, you need peace in your heart. It'll be a great comfort for your soul. But we're thinking bigger than just you today, friend. We're giving you tips on how to win somebody else to Christ. You first need to know for sure that you're saved. So, friend, are you saved? Are you 100% sure that if you died today, you go to heaven? And you say, well, I, I, th I think I am. Now, I ask people that all the time. And sometimes they say, yes, I'm saved. And then I ask them, how'd you get saved? And they struggle mightily to tell me why they believe that they are going to end up living with God forever. Friend, you need to know the answer to that. Because if you can't explain how you got saved, why should we think that you can explain the way of salvation to somebody else. So the first thing we need to take care of is make sure that you're saved. Do you know what the gospel is? The gospel is this, that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 down to 4. That's the gospel. The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So friend, if you're going to help somebody get saved, then you need to know what the gospel is and how to explain it to somebody. That's the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. So first you're going to have to tell that sinner Sinner, you have a problem. You have broken the law of God, and you're in trouble. You're not going to pass the judgment. When God judges you, He's not going to say that you're innocent. He's going to say that you're guilty. And because of your guilt, God must punish you. Those are the demands of His holiness. He can't let sin just slide by. God is not a corrupt judge. The judge of all the earth, He will do right, and that includes not acquitting the wicked. That means he won't say to a wicked man that he's innocent. God will punish their iniquities, their sins. And he's going to punish yours if you've never been saved. But here's the good news. Christ died for our sins. So the sins that we've committed that we should be punished for, Jesus took that punishment in our place. He died for our sins. He was buried and then he rose again. That resurrection proves that he didn't die for his own sins. He died for somebody else's. The Bible says, and this is right out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, that his blood was shed for the remission of sins. He gave himself as a ransom, the Bible says. So he's paying the price for other people. He, he, he said, I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give myself a ransom for many. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, in verse number 2, he is the propitiation for our sins. A propitiation is a big word for payment. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 
So Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. And that resurrection proves that he didn't pay for his sins, but for ours. Now, if somebody wants to have eternal life, it's a free gift because Jesus Christ paid the price for our souls. He has made it possible for God to purchase us with his blood. But you have to accept it. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's not going to force you to take the gift, but he is offering you the gift. So if you've never been saved, friend, that's the first thing you need to get clear is you understand the gospel. You have received what Jesus Christ came to do and is offering for you. Now, once you know that you're saved, this brings me to my second piece of advice. You're going to need some boldness. All right, so the first thing you need is some assurance of your salvation. And once you have that, then you need some boldness. See, Paul said it like this in Ephesians 6, verse number 19. He said, and for me, pray for me, he says, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul said, pray for me that I can speak boldly. So you have to have some confidence, some boldness. Now this doesn't mean arrogance. This doesn't mean uh, being rude or obnoxious. That's not the same as boldness. You don't go in with pride, uh, with an arrogant idea of I'm better than you are because I'm saved. Uh, You realize that if it weren't for the grace of God, you'd be in the same mess as that sinner you're talking to, whoever he is, whoever she is. But we have boldness, we have this great confidence to speak up and tell others how they can be saved because we know what Jesus has done for us. So the Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. We, we, we must not be stuck in the snare that is the fear of man. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, the fear of man bringeth a snare. And how many times has the Holy Spirit perhaps tapped on your heart or whispered in your ear and said, you need to talk to that person. You need to invite that person to church. And you have shied away from it because you're more concerned with your reputation than you are that sinner's soul. You need boldness. You know that it is your responsibility to step up and say something for the cause of Christ, for the gospel's sake. And Jesus said that you're supposed to lose your life for the gospel's sake. Everything that goes with it. When we say lose your life, we're not just talking about physically dying. Losing your life, that's dying to yourself. That's putting aside your ambitions and dreams and wants and wishes and reputation and all of that stuff. And saying, Lord, you have given me a great commission. You have given me the word of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation, You have sent me forth into this dark and lost and dying world and I have a message for them. And because we have been commissioned, sent forth as ambassadors by the king, we stand with all boldness. We stand knowing that the one who sent us out, he has all power in heaven and in earth. And then Jesus said this, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Well, see, that gives me great boldness. Because whenever I stand or whenever I sit at a coffee shop or whenever I approach somebody on the street, whatever the setting, there's Jesus Christ right there with me. Know that you have not only been saved but called to preach the gospel wherever you go. So stand up and speak boldly as you ought to speak. I hope you join us next week. We're going to continue this series of lessons on how to win a soul to Christ. 
If you have questions on this topic, you're welcome to reach out to us. You'll find our contact details on our website, bbcpotch.com. You're also welcome to follow our YouTube channel, Bible Baptist Potch. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.